Welcome to This Week in Princeton Vikings Athletics here on ESP Media Powered by Sidearm Sports and BikeNation.org. I'm Jason Griefer, and we're joined once again and happy to be joined once again as well by Princeton AD Joe Roberts. Uh, Joe, it's been a few weeks since we've talked. Mother Nature has not exactly been friendly to any of us around here, but uh, things never stop moving as far as athletics goes. It's uh, been a pretty busy uh, couple of weeks, is it not? Yeah, you know, Jason, it has been a busy couple of weeks, and um, I, I really thought last week time stood still, and it's been a long time since I've been able to say that, and part of that has to do with our district schedule. Last week, um, we had a, a Viking University on uh, Wednesday, and on Thursday uh, was additional uh, at-home learning because we had the vaccination schedule here in the building, and so our our faculty and staff had an opportunity to receive first round of vaccination. Then on Friday, it was a, it was an off day for the faculty and staff, and that led into Monday, President's Day. And then all of a sudden, we had all that snow and weather, and so it just seemed like last, the, you know, the last ten days just kind of went forever, um, and which is a first because here it is. It's already the end of February. Our seasons are regular seasons are done. We're in the postseason. Uh, we have a lot of winter sports that have already concluded, and. Uh, you know, we started yesterday with spring. So, I mean, it's, it's for as time standing still, it's really picked up and gone. So here we go. And you've had a lot of additional challenges too, because you've been hosting a number of these uh, postseason events, you know, you know, ba- basketball is always, you know, postseason basketball is always being held there uh, at Princeton. Of course you hosted uh, swim, swim meets as well there. Has it been, how much of an extra challenge has it been given all the weather that we've had, on top of all the protocols, on top of trying to get staff vaccinated, and oh, by the way, you're hosting postseason. Yeah, well, you know, we we are so fortunate here at Princeton to have the the facilities, the location, uh, the space, and and uh, our staff, our team. We love to host events, and uh, it really opened up our facilities to to the outside world to allow people to come in and and see that. But it does; it's a tremendous uh, change because your mindset is while you're trying to focus on what goes on uh, every day for our student athletes and our coaches here. This is that time of year where we also have to consider what we're doing from a tournament perspective, from a host site perspective. The changes, you know, we were supposed to play two games, host two games on Friday in Division Two boys sectional. We had to take one of those games off because they had a team that was coming off a of quarantine. So we ended up having to move Wilmington and Ross to last night. And then it just this week, it just doubles up. We have double headers all the way through Friday and then Saturday with the district uh, division one district girls finals here at Princeton. And then that night we're going to host a division two district boys uh, semifinal game, if you will. And then next week we'll have re- Division One regional girls, and then the week after that we're going to host Division One regional boys. So, uh, and then on top of all of that, we've got water polo that starts, and they're going to have their invite the first week of March, and so on and so forth. So it goes right on down the line. Well, we're just kind of, uh, you know, I have to say to Latoya, are we are we doing Princeton today, or are we doing you know the outside world today, and where are we with things? So it just kind of works out hand in hand. But uh, we love it, and it's just a great time of year. You told us before we started recording here that uh, spring break is coming at the end of March and you're actually taking some vacation time for yourself. Given how much that you have coming up the next few weeks, how much are you looking forward to that? I haven't looked forward to a vacation like this in a long time, but I know I, I truly am. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. You know, uh, traditionally for me, um, I normally take the weekend of the state boys basketball tournament. Um, I, my dad and I have been going to that the state boys basketball tournament together since 1986 uh, when he took me to my first one to watch um, 
Mansfield Senior High T.Y. Tigers play against uh, Portsmouth uh, in the state championship game. But um, minus some times when during the NCAA basketball tournament when I was at the University of Cincinnati, we were playing that same weekend. Uh, he and I have not missed a state basketball championship. And, of course, this will probably be the first year that we'll miss going. But I traditionally take that time as when I use it for my spring break because we have events going on. But with the changes, yeah, I'm looking forward to that last week of March for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well uh, and it will be certainly a well-deserved break given everything that's gone on for the last yeah. six months going yeah. back to the fall season. So uh, we'll uh, we'll look forward to find out how that was, how the vacation was for you after that after that concludes. So uh, let's talk about, let's talk about your uh, winter sports. So, and let's start off in the pool. You know, you, you've, you obviously have had a busy time hosting, you know, postseason events uh, at Princeton, but your team is, your teams have also been uh, in the pool as well. Sectional and district events, you know, those, those are behind us now and uh, the seasons seasons come to an end there uh, for the program. So uh, given that said, now that the season is, is, is essentially wound down for your uh, swim teams, uh, how would you evaluate the progress of the programs given everything that's gone on this season? Obviously it's been a challenge for, for every team, uh, the, the swim teams, no exception. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say it enough to hats off to our coaching staff for what they've been able to do to keep the kids engaged in the water this year. And, and um, I think we talked about this the last time with, with senior swim night, uh, the kids all were, uh, talking about looking forward to getting in for water polo season and, and how much water polo plays an integral role for them. But, you know, now is also that time where because of what we did with the two relays for the girls and the two relays for the boys, we actually are starting to see uh, these student athletes come around and say, hey, what can I do in the off season now to get in the water in terms of club swim or what have you in order to keep that momentum going for them? Because, you know, by and large, though, that's a pretty – young group on the boys side and the girls are just going to continue to grow. Um, I think we're going to end up 17, 20 kids coming back next year. And so if we can attract some more of those eighth graders coming in and draw some more, we'll get those numbers going. But, you know, to watch the kids go at it, uh, it's been just a tremendous uh, you know, thing for us and to be able to put them in the water day in and day out and to be able to sustain what they had to go through from a protocol standpoint. And not only that, but the support from our parents. Uh, you know, we were only allowed to have 36 spectators. Uh, when we hosted our invites and when we hosted the sectionals, we had no fans in attendance, but our parents step up and, and just are a tremendous support. I mean, I, I remember walking in toward the building here on the Saturday, I'm sorry, the Friday of the the girls sectional and there's the parents standing outside looking in the windows, you know, just wanting to get a peek real quick and just make sure things, things were going good. And, and, but they're, they've been very supportive and they've been able to adapt to what we've had to do this year. And so um, it's been a great foundation for us. And I think the one thing we can take away from this, from all of our sports this fall and this winter, and then moving into the spring, if anything, the resilience has been shown from our student athletes. And if we are ever put in a situation like this with a pandemic again, I think we're all prepared to know what to do. So it's been great to watch. Yeah, as you said, a good found, good foundational year. And like you said, especially if you can get some of those numbers coming in into the next few years and obviously being able to stay at home to swim, you know, for, for a large part of the season, that can really pay off uh, going forward. Let's move on. Let's talk about your academic quiz team. And uh, they've had a rough go of it to say the least, it, it, but it's also, this, this is an insanely good GMC as far as AQT goes. 
And uh, so it, it just seems like every single night you're, you're dealing with somebody that has a chance to, you know, contend on the grand scale uh, down the road. They've got a couple of weeks left in the regular season before, before the postseason there. What's been the focus here as the season's been winding down? I think a lot of it has to do with retention and, and working on that speed, that, that, that quiz. You know, we're going to have Lakota West in tonight. Uh, that's been a reschedule, a reschedule, a reschedule. And then we'll head to Middletown on Friday and then, uh, you know, wrap it up with the regular season with Oak Hills on March the 3rd. And then we'll head to, I believe we're going, I was originally slated for Hamilton. And now I believe it's at Fairfield now for the uh, GMC Conference Championships on that Saturday, March the 6th. And, you know, the, the students, uh, they spend a lot of time reading. So they understand the nature of the game. And so I think a lot of it has to do with that quick recall, if you will. And, uh, getting that plunger down quickly enough to be able to, you know, to, to buzz in, if you will. But, but, you know, I, I really enjoy, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, being able to watch the kids and, and just the knowledge that they have in certain areas. And each one of those students, they have a different uh, background in terms of I'm really strong in English or I'm really strong in mathematics. And I think that plays a big part of it as well, because they all can kind of divide and conquer where they need to be and put themselves in the right situation to move forward. Let's t- switch on to the bowling lanes and bowling teams in, in the postseason as well. Let's start off with the boys, and we can't not talk about Cody Carlson. Uh, he's through to the districts after bowling a 606 series uh, in the sectional, so he moves through. You know, obviously, we've we've all seen the accolades for for Cody. He's been first team All Conference the first three years at Princeton. He's first team all first team All Conference assuredly this year. Uh, leading scorer in the GMC last year, finished second this year. Obviously, you know, he's one of the best to ever come through uh, Princeton High School. His career is winding down now. He's, 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 at, he's at the tail end of his uh, senior season here. If we don't get to talk about him again here on the podcast, what is maybe one thing or two fans should know about uh, Cody Carlson? He's just a great kid. I mean, he flat is, and he has he has done a lot in the in the sport of bowling because he loves to bowl. You know, I, I'm not sure that he's one of those individuals that's going to just, you know, spend hour upon hour upon hour uh, to work on the game. But I think he just he has worked his way through and he loves being out there on the lane. And our younger kids, he's been a great example for them, both the boys and the girls. And he has shown them what you need to do to advance your way through and the time you need to give in order to be successful in that sport. And he will walk away as probably one of the founders of our bowling program, which if we can get some student athletes to buy in to that type of preparation, I mean, he spent a lot of time in summer leagues or in off season leagues, you know, I'm sure he spent a lot of time up there on a Saturday or Sunday bowling and honing that craft. And uh, it's just, he has been a tremendous person, Not, he, you know, and he was like that in golf too. Uh, he could hit it a country mile. Uh, sometimes he knew where it was going. Sometimes he didn't, you know, um, <laughs> but that's okay because he, you know, he has these, he has, he has the natural ability for these life sports. I mean, bowling, yeah. you can do for the rest of his life. Golf, he can play forever. So, you know, he's just a great young man to be around and, and just kind of absorb that, that energy from 
it was a lot of fun when we covered uh, the bowling match against against uh, against uh, against Dakota East. I think it was a couple yeah. of weeks ago on a Watch yeah. HS Sports TV. A lot of fun to see both the boys and the girls and the way they approach things. You know, we were obviously we had our eye on Cody Carlson as well and saw his demeanor and the way he approached the lane and and, and the adjustments he made as his games went on and uh, and you could see that rub off on the boys as well the other boys you know trying to make those in-game adjustments if you will and then we look on the girls side of things and this is a very young team you had this year in a very very loaded GMC this is a very top heavy GMC seat on the on the girls bowling side but uh, you still had a team out there that was having a lot of fun and, and enjoying themselves and, en- and enjoying not only the game but the competition uh, as well how do you think the girls specifically handled the workload of trying to get all these as many matches in as possible before the postseason? And did any one particular young lady maybe stand out to you as things went along? Well, I, you know, there were certainly low points for the girl, you know, I mean, when they went against, um, when they saw Coleraine for the first time and, mm-hmm. and they just got, you know, knocking pen down after pen down, you could watch this young team just be like, what are we doing here? Uh, this is not where we're supposed to be. But again, they just kind of kept on going and kept on going. And and once we were able to get Renee back and get us to five girls, I think the time the turn of the momentum of being able to say, hey, it's it's going to be all right. And then we go to the GMC Invitational, which you know, we need to push to make that more, more of a GMC actual event. And they finished dead last uh, and dead last. And they just got, a, you know, they got put in their place, if you will. And, and they realized they're like, this is not going to, you know, how we want to represent ourselves and how we want to represent Princeton. It was just a bad day. They go back out and they, they finished 15th out of, you know, out of 20 as a team, all of those girls, improve their scores they um they had a lot of momentum so then they all left sectionals like we're gonna be okay and as we told them if you guys will do this if you guys will stick this out and understand that this is an enjoyable sport and you can really make some progress in this for the next four years you know you're gonna see yourself move up and up and up we may never come to the, the level of a Coleraine or a Fairfield in terms of that high level, high scoring, intense bowling, but I think we're going to be really, really close to that. And from an individual standpoint, I, I, you know, hats off to all the girls. And I think if they can realize what they did this year is just the beginning and they just need to know that they can't have the same results next year as they had this year, because that means they didn't grow. So if they understand that portion of it, we're going to be okay. And I just watched how the girls all came together. Three of them came from the volleyball team, and then the other two were, you know, not. And now all of a sudden you hear them all talking, and they're saying, hey, what are you doing this spring? You want to try lacrosse? Do you want to try track and field? Do you want to, you know, do summer bowling or what have you? And so now there's some relationships that have been formed and built out of something where they didn't even know one another. So it's been a great thing to watch. And it's just as impressive as well, again, given given the youth and the fact that you don't have the depth to see them buy in, especially after things don't go well, as you said, the GMC invite and earlier in the season, it could have been very easily for you know these younger kids to just say, 
uh, I'm done. I'm not worried about this anymore. This isn't going to get any better. And they stuck with it. So I think that's, I think that bodes well for the future, especially yeah, if you're did. able to add, add a few more going into to next season. So uh, kudos to them for sticking with it, despite how tough the GMC is uh, this season. Let's move on. Let's hit the wrestling mats and uh wrestling team has, has had as big of a challenge as anybody to try and get matches in or d- most, mostly duels. Some teams have been able to have a try or a quad, but uh, now the postseason's here, and the last time we talked, it was just trying to get a hold of somebody saying, hey, can you come in and have a match? Hey, do you want to have a duel? Now they're in the postseason. How strange of a year has this been for the wrestling team? You know, I think this probably is, for, for Princeton, this has probably been the, the toughest year they've ever had to go through with wrestling. Um, I can't relate to prior to the last two years in terms of numbers and participation, but it's as, it's as down as it's been, but yet you take those seven that we have right now and they, just like that girls bowling team, they have stuck this out and they committed to this sport and they committed to what coach Powell's doing and they have made something out of what I would have said was an impossible task four months ago. Because I would have said in November, if you would have asked me in November 1st, uh, as we started to look into the winter season, will we wrestle? I would have told you, no, we, we're not going to wrestle. It's just not its not feasible with the protocols. It's not feasible given the pandemic that we were in at that time. And it, we should have just said, you know, let's move it forward. However, hats off to the leadership of the OHSAA. Hats off to the leadership of our conference. Hats off to the support of our administration uh, here so that we could get kids on the mat and we could put them in a situation where they could be successful. And it's all about getting that time in for them. And so they'll, they'll roll into sectionals this coming weekend at Lakota East. And I think Coach Powell's gonna take two men over and they're gonna roll over there and they're gonna get some really good mat time. And we probably can get a young man out uh, if things fall correctly in the seating procedures as we get into this week. My, by and large, you know, he had no seniors on that team. We believe that we're going to, we're on the back end of this pandemic. I believe that the student athletes that did not come out this year are going to come back. And I think we're going to see a, a much different, a little bit more stronger veteran wrestling program next year than we saw this year, because this year they were essentially rookies in terms of there wasn't a senior leader there uh, that had been there and done that, if you will. So, um, I, I just am, I'm really proud every night from 6 to 8.30 looking down there in the wrestling room, the lights are on and the kids are on the mat and Coach Powell's instructing them and getting them time. So it's been really, uh, it's been great to see. I think, I think they've done a really good job at the 7th and 8th grade level to try to keep kids involved and engaged. So we'll move those 8th graders in and just try to continue to build that building block. How much – of a different kind of evaluation will you have of the wrestling program this season, given the fact that, you know, you, as you said, you had a number of kids who may have been on the team this year, but because of the pandemic decided, no, I'm taking this year off. And then in season, you're struggling to find matches left and right. And as you said, only two, only two wrestlers are going to go to the sectionals. How different is your evaluation going to be of the program and going into the off season? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we obviously we're not measuring it on the success of wins and losses. We're measuring on the success of, of being able to develop and grow the program. So we'll, we'll, you know, we're going to use this as what do we need to do to get ourselves progressively better? 
in terms of numbers, in terms of participation, in terms of uh, exposure for those kids and in looking into next year. What are we going to do? We're really going to motivate. What are we going to do in the off season? Yeah. You know, I, I really hope that we can encourage our student athletes to join a spring sport or to start concentrating on something in the fall. But I also think they need to be brought back in and, and spend some time uh, with what they're permitted to do in open mats, in weight training, in uh, Greco freestyle or whatever that case may be, whatever situation we need to do to put our kids uh, to get them prepared for next year, we need to do that. So that's going to be our building block for this offseason through the evaluation period. Let's move on to the hardwood and uh, both your basketball teams uh, still alive in the postseason. That's a good thing. Of course, boys coming off of a, a shutdown for the last two weeks of the regular season and uh, really coming off of a, a tough loss at the last time they played in the regular season to Lakota East. We had that game. They were up early and then things just kind of fell, fell away from there. And Lakota East won that one pretty handily. But you know, get now. Now we get into the postseason play. You've got Hamilton coming up to take to take them on tonight. You look at the brackets. You might have Elder waiting for you on Friday, assuming you can take care of a Big Blue uh, tonight. Got to focus on that though. But uh, it, this has been like the wrestling—a very odd season uh, for for boys basketball. You know, you, you have the you have this the you know we don't know when the season's going to start. You get a get a couple of games in, and then. You, shut down the beginning of the January, January, then come back, get going, have to cram a bunch of games in for a month. Then we shut down again. Now you've got to get prepared for the postseason and try and make a run uh, in the postseason. Uh, how would you say coach Wyant and the players have handled all of the starts and stops and all the adversity uh, they've had to go through? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I'd love to see the data. If there's been another, uh, basketball team, and I'm sure there has, that's gone through three quarantines uh, this season. Um, and I'm sure there has in the state, but uh, I think you touched on it just a second ago, Jason. It's about the momentum. And, you know, I'll, I'll use, I'll put Bowen Hardman out there in the forefront. You know, playing basketball is a lot of it has to do with, you know, you got to be able to break a sweat. You got to be able to get into a rhythm. You got to be able to to move. And when you are starting and stopping constantly, you know, that, that kind of changes how you, how you play. And so then you take somebody who has a shooter like Bowen uh, or an attacker like Jesse Olverson or a playmaker like Greg Johnson, and they're, they get their groove going and they're, they're, they're moving and they're sweating and they're playing and there's a rhythm and they play Tuesday and then they play Friday and then they play Saturday. And all of a sudden it's just a complete stop you're going to come back out there and you're going to, you're going to be cold and you're going to, you know, it doesn't matter that uh, you've done zoom workouts every single day and individual film sessions and what happened. All of those things are extremely important and hats off to coach Wyant and our coaching staff, because we've had to, we've had to learn to live in this new world, this, this zoom format, uh, you know, this electronic uh, workout. So, they've done those things to keep the kids fresh and keep them on their mental sharp edge. But when you're not out there every day and going against one another or going against another team, that affects you a little bit. We saw a little bit of that coming back out with our game against Edgewood. You know, um, I didn't get there until after halftime. Uh, we were, we were hosting games here, but as you can see, they were, they were a little sluggish, but where they weren't sluggish is that effort because they did not stop. They wanted to keep going and they wanted to, you know, press and they wanted to push and on the defensive side. So, so that, that side of it, you, you're going to see, see some great things. Now we're going to come up here tonight and we're going to face Hamilton. 
who we didn't see in the regular season, um, who have some size about them. Uh, they certainly came up short in some games that they did not come up short in this year. Um, but they won some games that some people would say they probably shouldn't have won, and, you know, like the Lakota East situation. But, but be that as it may, I think Coach Wyant, he posted on social media yesterday on the basketball Twitter page a, a stat comparison, and I just happened to look at it, and we, we're scoring a few more points than they are, but we're turning the ball over a couple more times than they have. Uh, they certainly have us in the rebounding advantage right now. If you've got a seven-footer who will go inside, then obviously that's going to be a tough one to out-rebound. But be that as it may, it's a pretty evenly matched game from a statistics standpoint tonight. Where I believe uh, we're going to see a difference is, is our kids are mentally tough and ready to go and want to be out there because the flip to this where we've been down for as long as we have, a lot of people have played, you know, 18, 19, 20 games. And so it's been a long year for them on top of everything they've gone through. So we have a little bit more freshness, I think, tonight. And uh, I hope to, I hope that our kids come out and respond to that. And hopefully they come out with that energy. And as you said, also harness that energy and don't be reckless and take care of the basketball because, as you said, a few more turnovers than, than they would like, I'm, I'm sure. Let's move over to the girls' side of things uh, as we're winding down the show here today. They're into the district final uh, this coming Saturday. They're going to take on the top seed, Huber Heights-Wayne. Can't play it at Princeton, though. The district final was originally slated for to be at Princeton High School, but you can't play on your home floor in the district, so it's going to be moved. So we'll see where it gets moved to. But uh, it, this has been kind of an up-and-down second half of the year. You got off to that 8-1 and one start, and then we started alternating wins and losses seemingly for weeks. Started to get things turned around now here in the postseason and start to get back to where, you, uh, where you're wanting to be. But uh, in particular, these last few weeks, we've seen – you know, the continued solid play of Madison Rochelle and the emergence of Dee Carter Hartley really coming in, having to take on a, a really important role in the team this year in just her sophomore campaign. And I think during the second half, she's really come on to be a, a pretty, pretty good looking prospect as far as the future goes there. Uh, no matter how far the team goes here, because we may not talk about him again here on the podcast. Uh, what can you tell us about the play of those two in particular and with Madison, given that her career is winding down? Uh, what is what is her legacy going to be? She's been a leader. She's been someone that um, our girls have looked up to and have, have worked to emulate. Uh, last night, I don't if you get a chance to watch it, last night she uh, she caught she made a defensive, what I call a defensive free safety catch uh, and stole a basketball about midcourt. And she came straight down on the floor. And I'm like, we need to put her out on the football field because she bounced right <laughs> up. She's tough as nails. Um, it, it was a big time steal uh, for, for the girls. But, you know, watching her progress these last two years, uh, she's very selfless. And um, she knows when she needs to score and she knows when she doesn't. Um, and I think she's taken someone like Dee Dee, who is a sophomore, who has a ton of talent. And a ton, she has great hands and great feet. I yeah. think a lot, you know, coming off of what she does on the soccer field, that certainly helps her footwork. But it's been a great, uh, it's been a great team to watch because if you look at them, our girls are all pretty much the same size. You know, we don't have anyone that's that's you know uh, overpowering than the other, and so it's like a very balanced team. And so you take what, we, what we've done all year, and we certainly have gone through some lows, like you said, where we 
when we had some losses and people are scratching their heads and, and second guessing one another and wondering if we're going to get out of this. And then all of a sudden they just pick it back up and Madison just kind of said, Hey, we just got to go play basketball. Let's just move forward. And then we were able to bring Soleil back in uh, coming off of her injuries. And what has been able to happen is, is we're not putting all the burden on Soleil to, to score, to, to carry us through, you know? And so now Soleil has been able to say, Hey, listen, Let's control the basketball. Let's pass the basketball. Let's get us into an offensive rotation and get things moving. And then you're going to have your opportunities to do what you need to do because we know the type of player she is for us. So it's really neat to see. And I, you know, I have not had a chance to see Huber Heights Wayne this year. Obviously, we know uh, what they're made of and what they can do. But I think Saturday is going to be a great match. I, I do. And I think if our girls can come out much like we did. Uh, these last two sectional games where we just get on them real quick. I think we can kind of close them out early and, and just kind of stay on that point. So uh, looking forward to Saturday. Don't know where we're going to play yet. Um, I wish we were hosting it like we're hosting all the other division one district final games, but I certainly understand uh, about the home floor side of, side of it. So wherever the district board needs us to play that game, we're going to get on the bus and go. Lastly, here on the episode of the podcast today, uh, let's say the winter sports of wine gun, as you mentioned, as we've talked about, some of the some of the winter sports have already concluded uh, this season. Everybody's in the other ones that are going are in the postseason now. Uh, we're starting to look forward toward the spring season, and we will continue the podcast as we go into the spring. We talked about water polo getting getting going here, and uh, the other spring sports right on the verge of getting going as well. Uh, as you take stock of what's uh, what's ahead for you in the spring, is there one thing in particular you're most looking forward to with this spring season? Uh, playing it. Because if you remember, it's been, it, it'll be a year that we had to say we weren't going to be able to have spring sports. And so last year I didn't get a chance to be a part of anything with Fight Nation in terms of spring sports. But I, I'm, I'm tremendously looking forward to being over there during our track meets at the stadium at, at uh, Jake Sweeney Automotive Stadium and watching our kids run. Um, I cannot wait to see what our boys tennis team does on the tennis courts. Uh, our unbelievable facilities for baseball, being able to watch two baseball games at the same time, if you will, and then walk right down the hill and right there in a, in a beautiful little settings, our softball facility and watch them. Uh, having lacrosse go on at the same time, watching our boys and girls lacrosse programs, and then coming back in here to the arena and watching boys volleyball. I think it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be exciting. Uh, at Lexington, we didn't have boys volleyball. We had a little push for it a couple of years in a row, but we never got it off the ground. So I'm really looking forward to watching boys volleyball this year, um, just watching the different different sports and then watching everything we do at the seventh and eighth grade level as well. So it, it's just going to be great to have the kids outside and have a season. And we'll be certainly looking forward to talking about it uh, here on the on the podcast once we get to the uh, spring season. But we're out of time on this episode here today talking about winter sports, and we're certainly keeping an eye on the, the teams and individuals that are still alive uh, in the postseason. Joe Roberts, certainly appreciate the time here today. Thanks, Jason. You guys have a great day. Absolutely. That is Joe Roberts, Princeton High School Athletic Director, joining us here in vikenation.org. And this week in Princeton Vikings Athletics here on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.